right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Oi with the Terror. I'm one of your hosts, Sandra. And I'm Danielle. And happy October, everybody. I don't know. Yay! <laughs> spooky season. Mm, spooky skeletons. Are you getting a Halloween spirit? Um, yeah, I did buy decorations for the Halloween party. So those are pretty much all set. And I have decorations left over from last year. Mm. So that's pretty much done. And I have my costume together. I just need to buy a bandana. That's about it. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. What is your costume? Because I'm not actually going to see it because you can't come to the party. Well, I am. I'm going to be wearing it for the pub crawl type thing. So you might be seeing it. Okay. I was going to ask you what yours is. I don't know if you want it to be a surprise. (laughs) I mean, I don't care. Mine's a pirate. It's the pirate costume I was going to wear if we went to, like, the Renaissance Fair. Oh, okay. It's that costume. Classic. So, yeah. I have fishnet tights, and my boots are getting fixed because they needed to be recobbled, and so I'm picking up those tomorrow. And Did you go to a cobbler? Yeah, that's part of my oi. But he seems really nice, and he's, like, down the street, so it's, like, a 15-minute walk, so it's, like, super easy. Oh, okay. Did you have to... Hobble over to the cobbler. <laughs> Not so much hobble over, but I'm sure he enjoyed me trying to figure out how the hell to get downstairs to where his little shop was. Cobbler? <laughs> That's so funny. I know. I still think of like an apple cobbler and I'm like, no, it's not the right cobbler. <laughs> I think of like someone from the Middle Ages working with like a, at near a fire. Or maybe that's a blacksmith. What's the difference? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember my life in the medieval time period. So out of touch. <laughs> um, so my oi, well, first, I don't know if everybody knows, but I learned today that Angela Lansbury passed away. Um Wait, when? Today. Like Oh, today? 1.30 a.m. California time. Oh. So, yeah. I, she passed away in her sleep very peacefully, oh, but wow. she was five days from turning 97. Mm. Um, so her birthday was going to be in a few days. So I heard about that at work, and it just made me sad because, like, yeah. she's one of, like, the legends. And she was on, like, Murder, She Wrote and obviously mm. Beauty and the Beast and so many other things. And so – Kind of sad mm. that she's gone. Kind of feels like Betty White all over again. It's crazy. Well, they'll probably be showing, I bet, like, channels. Mm-hmm. Like, TCM always does stuff like that. They always, like, do shout-outs, like, a week or something straight of just yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah, she was really good. She was. So that's kind of my yeah. sad boy is that oh, wow. she's gone. I don't even remember, like, any, like, heads-ups, like, oh, no, she's sick or anything. Maybe no. this is super private. Yeah, probably, and her family just said that she just passed away in her sleep, so oh, she went peacefully, if anything. Um, mm. So, yeah, so that's kind of the sad boy. And then, more comical boy is, I was telling Danielle I had to go and get my, a pair of Clark boots that I've had for years, and they're really, like, they're really good. They do last forever. But I had to get the heels fixed because they were starting to like fall apart. And I found this shoe cobbler um, that's pretty close to my apartment. So I went there on Saturday and I'm walking over there and I can see their shop, but it's like a basement level. So I'm walking around and I'm like, okay, I see it. And I'm looking in the window and I can see the guy that like 
technically works for mm-hmm. it or owns it. And I'm like, okay, so I see them, but how the hell do I get downstairs? So like I walk one way and I don't see anything and I walk another way and I see stairs, but it says that it's for like a barber shop. Mm. So I was like, all right, this is weird. So I keep walking and then I'm like, I look down again. I'm like, oh, it's like a double entry. So like if you go down the stairs, if you go to the left, it's like the barber shop. If you go to the right, it's mm. the shoe cobbler place. So this poor guy was probably watching me for about 10 minutes trying to figure out how they get into his little shop. But I finally did, and I'm picking them up tomorrow, so hopefully they'll be good. But I was just like, how dumb can you be, Sandra? I just love that they're still called cobblers. Yeah. Well, that's what I looked, that's the, like, wording I used when I was, like, trying to find one, because I was like, I don't know what else to call it. He also, it's like, they also fix, like, leather to, like, purses and, like, suitcases and stuff, too. So... It's like an all-purpose leather repair shop. Mm, Let me know how they turn out. I will. I'm hoping that they clean them a little bit too because they're starting to get like just like really discolored because they're like five years old. So sometimes if you get them like fixed, like they'll polish them up a little bit for you. Well, probably I'm guessing they'll probably, if they're good quality, Mm -hmm. that's like worth it. Yeah. You just have to fix it every so often or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do the oi I'm thinking of. I mean, I could just say it's related to work. I don't mm-hmm. know how much detail I want to go into. Yeah. But yeah, so I probably mentioned this at some point, but the last like two years of my life have included not volatile, but like very unstable work like Mm -hmm. environments I guess like one was sort of stable but it was like fully remote and so that was interesting like I started the job remote and I ended the job and it was remote so I never met any of my coworkers. like it was a kind of like atypical workplace but it actually wasn't bad it wasn't Mm -hmm. the worst job I've had or anything but that was one of the jobs I had during covid and then, like, other jobs I had is just, like, I felt like I never really meshed with my boss. Like, yeah, just, like, uncomfortable. And I was not on the same page. And I've had a few situations where one job just dissolved because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And another job, the she just got, like, my supervisor kept getting more and more critical. And it seemed like it just, like, very quickly just expounded i guess and then it just turned into like a oh yeah you could improve in this area to a yeah this isn't working situation so all those things just made me like very on edge with like my work in general and like oh no what am i doing wrong and it just like literally like impacted my confidence levels so i'm like finally at a job where i feel like i definitely like I like my team I like the people like I hope I can grow in the job a little bit and we had like last week had a pretty big bombshell announcement about someone very high up getting let go and the way they did it was they just like brought us into like the cafeteria and we're like oh yeah he doesn't work here anymore and that was like the whole announcement and all of us or most of us at least were like what (laughs) so literally like i don't know how other people reacted but the way i reacted was i almost got like like it was almost a physical reaction like just like immediately like shock 
like uncomfortable like mm-hmm. that's how I feel in those types of things and I don't know I don't know how other people felt but that's how I felt you could just like literally feel the tenseness in the air and up until that point I was like actually having a really good day I was in a really good mood I don't even know why I was feeling like really optimistic about work in general mm-hmm. and then at two o'clock that's when it happened and I was just like what the hell like I feel like I can't catch a break just because like it wasn't anything against me but when you hear someone really high up at a job you've been at for like five months has been let go you're kind of immediately like "Uh uh-oh that's not good so Yeah. yeah so that was kind of terrifying and I don't know I guess now I'm like a little less on edge But just like today going in the office, people are still like, at least to me, I thought uncomfortable and like not like you can just feel it. Yeah. So I'm hoping it gets better. But like, I'm just like, why? Like I had a point where I finally felt better and this happened. Yeah. Life is so unpredictable. I feel like especially like in the work environments now, like because it's changed so much because of COVID that was once what was once like expected isn't really expected anymore or isn't tolerated anymore. Um, So I don't know. I would just say give it another like five, six months, see how it goes. And at least then you can say you've been there for a year. Right. Because another thing that's frustrating is I feel like I'm at the point now where I'm supposed to start proving my worth now because I've been there kind of long enough where I take on more serious tasks and everything yeah and just getting that announcement on Thursday felt like was a big like kick or whatever or like but I'm sure you're not the only one that's felt like that and I'm sure you're not the only one that's like oh does this mean that like my job oh yeah yeah yeah. you could literally see the fear on some people's faces as they were giving this announcement like yeah so not because that's another thing like you could see everyone's reactions mm-hmm. like we were all sitting in a square room and <laughs> at least like most of us were facing each other so <laughs> yeah it wasn't that big of a room yeah that's not so awkward that's awkward that's also just awkward for them to be like going to the break room so we can have an announcement like again you would think they would do like a meeting or something to include everybody. No, the break room is going to have such bad vibes. I told Sandra that I think I'm going to bring in some sage and just should. like smudge my workplace now to clear this energy. You don't even, you know what? You don't even need like <laughs> regular sage. Just like get some of this stuff. I'm just like clenching my hands as I'm talking. Oh, yeah, some, like, room spray. Yeah, smudge spray. Just spray yeah. just spray your cubicle or your office or whatever and That's the break true. room and all the yeah. negative energy just be gone. And, and I won't set off any smoke detectors. Yeah, that would be bad. You would be fired. That would be bad. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that would be so funny. But, yeah, probably bad. But kind of funny. It, it would be funny. It, I don't know when <laughs> it would be funny. <laughs> I don't think your boss would find it funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm suggesting the spray, because you can at least spray and it smells good. It smells like lavender. So if you like lavender, 
Yeah, that's true. That's another option. Or get like some kind of sage oil or something like that, like diffuser. That's probably okay. I'm not sure. But yeah. So yeah, that's my oi, but I'm hoping it's like a temporary thing. So so they're gonna hire a new guy or a lady or whatever and maybe things will be fine. But it's just like kind of scary and startling to hear that. Yeah, because it's just it's not comforting when you're like Oh, they let the CEO go, but they don't really tell you why. They're just like, no, he no longer works here. And it's like, or they no longer work here. And it's like, why? Why don't they work here anymore? But I have an ooh, which was I got to celebrate a really good wedding. Bobby and Monica, shout out. So that was a lot of fun. Congrats, Bobby and Monica. Yeah. It was a long time coming. And it was worth the wait. I mean, I guess it was not long of a wait, actually. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> but it was a good party. The food was really good. There were fresh figs in the salads. I know. Wow. I'm very impressed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who made that decision, but that was pretty cool. Um, and Dave didn't want his, so I got even more figs. Yeah, the place was cool. People were cool. I was happy with my dress and hair and stuff, so. Good. Yeah, I think they're on their honeymoon now, so. Good. Well, that's good. That's exciting. Mm Mm-hmm. So when you texted me this morning and you were like, my hair is straight and it's crazy, what did you mean by that? Because your hair looks fine. (laughs) I just wasn't like, so now I naturally have curly hair. Uh-huh. And so now I'm just like in the like mode of like just trying to figure out curly hair. Mm-hmm. And I got basically a what's it, like a blowout or whatever for yeah. the wedding. So now it's straight and now I'm like I don't know what to do cuz I kind of want to keep it. It's not going to be curly till I wash it. Mm-hmm. So I used one of those like Revlon hair blow dry things this morning. So now it's just very straight and I'm like I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> basically was what was happening (laughs) it's like high school when you used to straighten your hair like every day because i thought that's what i had to do Mm -hmm. i didn't know you could work with curly hair Mm -hmm. yeah initially it would always just try to straighten it and that actually makes naturally curly hair more damaged if you do that Mm -hmm. so i'm sure that made it even worse but like i I don't know like my mom has like curly hair like you do and she's done so many mm. bad things to her hair like chemically straighten it keratin yeah, i can't really remember her mom with curly hair it's because she doesn't like it yeah. she's embraced the curl now i will say I she's gotten good at that she knows that's good she knows how to work like work with it more yeah but when she was younger like little she had like the annie Mm, like orphan annie ringlets Mm -hmm. which my grandmother would comb out and you're not supposed to comb out curly hair so every week like for bath time my mom would do that yeah she would have to like wrangle my mom to sit her down and then comb out her hair my mom would be crying and it would just be bad and so my mom just it's just always like tried to get straight hair and so did my sister and yeah yeah the stuff that i'm sure it's better now but the stuff that they oh your sister's curly hair too it's wavy. It's got a curl oh, okay. to it. Let yeah, me rephrase yeah, yeah. that. It had a curl to it. Um, she's kind of 
done the same thing where like she used so many straightening products because yeah. she liked it more straight. Now she's fine with it and it still has like a curl to it. But she definitely like did not like the curl to her mm. hair. Whereas I have straight hair, but now I've noticed that like my hair gets curlier for some reason. Like if it's longer, it gets like mm. a curl to it. And if it's shorter, it gets like a more like tight curl yeah, to yeah, it for yeah. some reason. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out what that is because that's new. Um, so mm. yeah, we all have like, but my dad's got like super straight hair, like, my dad also is in his 70s and still has hair, a lot of hair. So that's good on that end, I guess. Well, I feel like like now it's okay to have curly hair, but in the 2000s it, it wasn't. Was it was like not. you never yeah, the, the only option was to just have straight hair or learn how to straighten your hair. Like I don't even know where it became a thing of like shaming people with curly hair i just feel like it was in magazines and tv you only saw straight hair yeah like i just think it was like that was the only thing that was an option like what it seemed like and my mom has straight hair my dad when he had hair it was curly but my mom never knew how to deal with my hair basically Mm -hmm. and she would always brush it out and i had to have like serious like heart-to-heart talks with her like 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 powerpoint presentations like this is why you can't brush curly hair (laughs) and after like a few years of me saying that to her Mm -hmm. she finally got it and that was like after confirming it with a hairstylist that she finally believed me yeah because you're not supposed to yeah but yeah yeah, i'm glad that it's now a thing i just like get so many tips from like instagram basically like products and like now i follow people that have a very similar like texture to what i have because that's Mm -hmm. another thing like there are different types of curly hair and different types of products work with the different types of curls so it's it's literally a science i think also we just have better like technology now and like able to like do that and have all these different products for different types of hair which Mm -hmm. is great because like there are different types of hair. So Yeah, you can't just buy the same shampoo no. for everyone. <laughs> like, no. like they used to sell like, oh, just get this one shampoo at CVS and it works on everyone's hair. No, <laughs> nope. Like I even noticed like a slight difference when I was at your house and I forgot my shampoo and conditioner oh, really? and I used yours. And I only saw like the curly type and I was like, all right, here we go. Just to be like, how's the case? Leave the bathroom and your hair is super curly. (laughs) That's not how it works. No. That would be really funny. But it was fine. Like it's a great product. But it's also the water too. Like I noticed when I was in Florida. Oh, yeah. Visiting my grandparents. Florida water. Florida Mm -hmm. water is a different animal compared to the water up here. Because it's like, I don't know if it's harsher, but it's more... It smells like more sulfur, like very sulfur smell mm. to it. So it just was like, it's just, and I forgot that until I like went to wash my hands and like I turned on the water and I was like, oh yeah, this is Florida water. Well, it's different than I, I know that we have like hard minerally water, mm-hmm. but it's probably yeah. different than Florida. Yeah. I'm I guessing. Florida, I think is softer, maybe. I think that's better for you though. Mm. I think that's better for your hair and skin and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so your hint was a witch. So it is a witch, supposedly. So 
I don't even know how I found out about this. I don't remember. I think I literally just typed in like scary Halloween stories or stories to tell around Halloween. And this one came up. Um, so the story I picked is the Witch of North Pepperell, Massachusetts. I think that's how you pronounce Pepperell. Could be wrong. So if I'm wrong, I apologize. So essentially, North Pepperell was a village, um, and unfortunately, it's a village that no longer exists, but it did exist centuries ago. And when it did exist, it was a very prosperous part of Massachusetts town of Pepperell. Now, um, essentially, it's just like, I don't know if the word non-existent is right, but it's essentially become like a ghost town, um, supposedly due to a curse that I will get into later. So it was originally settled in 1702 and incorporated as a town later on in 1775. It's known for its farmlands and orchards. And the village of North Pepperell was really more of a center for industrial activity. Um, Located along the Nississippit River, Um, the village, which also at the time was called the North Village, was supported by a sawmill a cloth mill, a blacksmith, a cigar manufacturer. It also had a school and a tavern. Um, Sometime back in the early 1800s, there was a strange woman that moved to the village. Some sources don't name her, and other sources claim that her name was Mrs. Lovejoy. New Englanders came to be standoffish, um, or can be standoffish, even today, but back then, um, because the region's Puritan influences were still very strong and newcomers who didn't exactly fit into the mold of the town or were viewed as different um, were met with great suspicion. Mrs. Lovejoy definitely did not fit in with the folks of North Pepperell. She lived alone in a rundown shack that was near the schoolhouse. She let her pigs and cows wander into her neighbor's fields She apparently dressed very strangely and wore a handkerchief over her head. She never talked with her neighbors. None of this is particularly what would be described as criminal or really strange, but it was enough to make her neighbors kind of eye her with suspicion. Essentially, people in North Pepperell soon began to believe that Miss Lovejoy was in fact a witch, and eventually, after a lot of rumors and a lot of muttering, three men decided to do something about the supposed witch that was in their village, In 1820, they went to her shack. They dragged out the elderly woman. They branded her in the middle of her forehead with a hot iron rod. She she shrieked in pain, uh, but regained her composure, and she cursed her assailants. She said, and this is a quote directly from the source, This village will will die. Flames will devour your businesses. The river will dry up. Death will visit each house. And with that... She then fled into the woods and she was never seen again. Wow, I can't blame her for becoming a witch. That's <laughs> I know. Uh, wait, why did they brand her forehead? I don't know. It doesn't oh say God. why. It might have been equivalent to like to have a mark to show that she's a witch or she's different. I don't know. It's just it's not the typical type of torture that you mm. associate with any witch trial or anything like that. Like sure, like burning or you know, beheading or you know, maybe that. Maybe just torture like they did for Salem, but that was, yeah, that's a little bit different. So once she fled into the woods, she was never to be seen again. Um, So at first, the people of North Pepperell, like, were very excited to get rid of her. And their attitude actually changed um, to Miss, because 
misfortune unfortunately struck the village. First thing that happened was the sawmill burned down in a mysterious fire, and then the grist mill, and I'm not really sure what a grist mill is. Um, over time, the village's other businesses began to burn as well, and the town's industry was essentially decimated. People did try to rebuild, but the village's dam burst, and then the river's water level sank to a level that couldn't support any of the mills. And, of course, the river was deep enough to drown a four-year-old boy who fell in. Um, his accidental death was just one of the many that haunted North Pepperell. There was another incident where one man tripped over a chair, and he instantly broke his neck, while another died when he fell from his wagon after the horses became startled by something that they didn't that they saw, but that the people didn't see. Then there was a respected community member who choked to death in front of his family during dinner. A young woman went to go milk the cows in her barn. She disappeared and her body was never found. The villagers who didn't die under these mysterious circumstances started to move away. They were driven by economic desperation and by fear of the witch's curse. And the last of the curse victims may have been two elderly sisters who died in 1900. Supposedly, one night they saw a fire in the woods near their house, and they did try to extinguish it. Unfortunately, the fire overwhelmed both of them, but only one body was found. They were the last inhabitants of North Pepperell, and now the village has been taken over by trees and birds. And there are a few rock walls that still are there, but those are really the only signs that anything was ever there at all. The legend does appear in a few different places. Um... The most comprehensive account that was noted is in Joseph Citro's 2004 book entitled Cursed in New England, Stories of Damned Yankees. There are lots of other stories in New England about obviously witches and curses and everything and the harassments that these women basically um, dealt with. There are some, you know, essentially like ideas that maybe this didn't really exist and this didn't really happen, but there was that town and it is now abandoned um nothing is really there anymore so there is an idea that it did all happen obviously it just kind of shows that typical story of a woman who's really just trying to kind of mind her own business she moves maybe to a new place and then she gets harassed because she's seen as different so it's that whole idea of oh this person is different we must put them in their place or we must you know expose them for which which was very common for back then um but i would be interested to know like what happened to her because she was never seen again. So I would definitely, I'm definitely curious of like if she moved on to like another village or if she just lived in the woods or maybe if she like came back to like see all of this terror like happened to the town that she supposedly cursed. Um, or maybe everything she just said was just, you know, a coincidence or just circumstances, unfortunately, at that time. But I thought the story was definitely interesting and it definitely had a few of the same parallels that other witches stories have but I've never heard of it before so it was kind of like a cool new little story to kind of find um and kind of learn about so yeah and also never heard of pepperol so nope I have not either granted my Massachusetts geography isn't that good so there are still towns that like I learn every day from like work and stuff where I'm like, where the hell is that? Or I have never heard of that. Or what is that? So also like you never really hear about witches that just like quietly disappear. I mean, maybe sometimes you do, but most witches it's like, and then they curse the village. Yep. So it's that trope too of like, oh, we 
tried to hurt her. We tried to brand her. And now she's cursing us. And that's very common. Yeah. And we don't understand why she's so mad. Yeah. We really, really branded her forehead. Why is she so mad? At least they didn't do like the swimming challenge or like whatever, where they try to like, I don't know. It's like if they, they would tie like stones or something to a woman. And if they like floated, they were witches. And if they sank, they were like not witches. And what happens when you tie heavy things onto people? They sink. So clearly y'all are stupid. Have you seen, you must have seen, I think it's a Monty Python, like something with a duck think so. I remember watching Monty Python. Yeah, they're either a witch or a duck, something involving water. I don't remember now. Oh, Monty Python. <laughs> I haven't seen any Monty Python since like high school, so it's been it's been a while. I think something might be on Netflix. I forget which Probably. one exactly. I feel like the only one people know is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Like that's the mm. most popular. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a classic. Mm-hmm. It's like, I watch it every so often, but I've seen it so many times that I don't need to watch it anytime soon. <laughs> I was never really big into Monty Python. Yeah, I remember it you just, told me that before. It just, it wasn't, you would think I would be, because it's like that kind of like humor. But I'm just, I'm not, I don't know why. You saw through John Cleese the whole time. Maybe, maybe I just don't like John Cleese. Thank you for being brave enough to say that. <laughs> don't come at me, please. <laughs> I'm sure he's a good actor. I just only know him from Monty Python. (laughs) I've heard questionable things about him. Yeah, please don't come at us. It's my opinion. I also don't like Beyonce, (laughs) so there. Whoa, Sandra. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get rid of all our listeners. All seven listeners. Beyonce and John Cleese. And Taylor Swift. Oh my god. Okay, I have to do my story so your reign of terror comes to an end. And Ariana Grande. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. Okay, anyway. <laughs> She's not yeah. sorry. I'm not. You know what? Fuck it. I'm not sorry. <laughs> All you beehives, you can come at me. I don't care. <laughs> the witch has taken over Sandra's brain. <laughs> You're going to cut all of this out, aren't you? <laughs> no, it's funny. <laughs> Good story. Wait, Thanks. so are there records of he, her being real? I couldn't find any. So I'm not just sure if it was just like a story, just to like, you know, mm-hmm. that typical like, this is what happened to this town. But the fact that like, that's not the first town I've heard that like has a lot of issues and was eventually abandoned. Like, I think there's a town in Connecticut called like Dudley Town, which I've been looking into doing. Oh, yeah. Ooh, you should do yeah. that. That's good. So I've been looking yeah. into that too, which is another town that I believe was also abandoned. Mm. So it seems like also like common theme for like these old, old towns when they've realized like that where they've built may not be, you know, like useful or beneficial to their survival. So they have to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but I thought the story was just kind of different and interesting. And I don't know, just, you know, happy Halloween, everybody. Season of witches. And bitches, so.
my story is also Halloween related, but oh does not involve witches, but does involve creepy clowns. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that leads into my question of, do you find clowns scary? Yes, clowns are oh, terrifying. No. Well, this might not be as bad because there is an actual person behind the creepy clown. That makes you feel better. I mean, as long as the person behind the creepy clown has been arrested or something. Mm-hmm. You're like, I cannot confirm or deny that just yet. Mm-hmm. There has been a recent development. Oh, okay. So, so it is 1990. I think that's around the year the original It film came out which is probably the most famous representation of creepy clowns in cinema, I would say. So I find clowns to be all right. I mean, I don't, I'm not like terrified by them, but uh, I don't really get it. I don't know. They're fine, I guess. I don't know why they're creepy. I just know that they creep me out. I, and there's there's no logistical reason. Like, I feel I like know. that's a like well known thing for people though too. I think it's just that it also it depends too. Like if it's like the old school, like old school clowns, mm-hmm. they're creepy because their makeup is very creepy. But if it's like the circus clowns from like today, like they're okay mm-hmm. as long as they like stay a few feet away. I'm usually fine. Well, and also, there's like the whole connection with John Wayne Gacy too. Mm-hmm. The most notorious killer clown. But my story today is not about him because that would probably be really long. Um, so I actually did not know about this until looking up creepy Halloween stories. And oh my god, I don't want to say her name wrong. Kendall Ray, the YouTuber, mm-hmm. slash she's also yeah. on Spotify. Yeah, I think. I think I found a video of hers and then told you and you were like, uh, yeah, she's a pretty big deal. <laughs> Classic Sandra. <laughs> I've been watching her Facebook videos for like, I think a year now. Oh, a year really? and a half. Yeah. She's really good. Her and her husband do a really good podcast. So like any video of hers has like millions of views and they're yeah. like super investigative. Like I'm very impressed. Yeah, she does them very well. So I found it from her YouTube channel. I think it came out on 2017 on her channel, but the crime is from 1990. And it's actually simply called The Killer Clown, comma, The Murder of Marlene Warren. And that's the photo I sent you was of Marlene Warren. (laughs) So when I guessed victim, I got it correct this time. So yeah, I started, I mean, initially the titles, what got my interest, the killer clown, and then I started watching her video, and then I was like, oh my god, this is insane. I have to do this. It actually does not take place around Halloween, but I mean, it involves a killer clown, so I think it takes place either in June or April. No, May, May 26th. So the case has remained or was unsolved for about 32 years until there was a major update relating to technological advancements with testing DNA. So Marlene Warren lived in a wealthy area in Palm Beach County, Florida. She lived in a community called Arrowhead, which to basically like 
for people to know how wealthy and affluent it was, JFK was known to hang out at one of the Kennedy compounds there. And Trump actually frequently wines and dines in the Palm Beach area. So on the morning of May 26, 1990, Marlene was at home with her 22-year-old son and a few of his friends. At 11 a.m., a white Chrysler LeBaron pulls up in their driveway. The person who exited the car is dressed fully in clown getup. This includes a full face of makeup, a wig, and the costume. Marlene was probably slightly confused that this clown is showing up at her front door at 11 a.m., but because it's known to be a safe area and it's during the day that she just thinks it's like some, I don't know, random funny thing. The clown is holding flowers in a balloon and the balloon had a message which read, you're the greatest. So she thinks it's some random gift someone is giving her and is like happy by this and starts accepting the basket and flowers. And as she's accepting it, the clown pulls out a gun and shoots her in the face. So... Actually, when I was writing about, like, how the clown went to the house and delivered her something, and she apparently, Marlene, thought this was kind of a normal thing, it made me think of, like, I think it was around the 90s or 2000s when they'd have, like, people go deliver messages to people's houses and stuff like that, like, singing, birthday. So, remember when that was a thing for a while? It was. So, oh my god, I forgot about that. I know, it's definitely not anymore. But like for a period, it was like kind of considered normal for some random person to show up at your door dressed in something and be like, yeah, you're the best and whatever. Like friends or family members would do it to other people. Like, like really weird singing telegrams. Yeah. So that's honestly when I was writing that this, how the clown gave her the gift and she just thought it was normal. That made me think maybe that's why because it was the 90s mm-hmm. and stuff like that was normal. But not normal for the person to shoot the recipient in the face. Nope. So then after this, the clown turns around, calmly walks back to the car and drives away as if nothing happened. And this took place in broad daylight. So her son was home with his friends. They hear the gunshot and run out to like see what happened. And they do see the car speeding away, but they luckily do see the make and model of the car and everything and the color. And as they're outside, they run into a neighbor who also heard the gunshots. And the neighbor was the one who called the police and ambulance. Um, So Marlene was taken to the hospital, but died two days later. Marlene could not think of anyone who would want to cause her any harm. She was well-liked by everyone and was considered a good person to know. In a strange coincidence, Marlene's family was known to have a penchant for collecting clown memorabilia. And there were tons of paintings of clowns and statues in Marlene's parents' home. Marlene even painted a painting of a clown herself when she was a teenager. So this begs the question of whether the clown, the killer clown knew of this or if it was just like a crazy coincidence. But 
It made investigators think that the killer somehow knew this detail about Marlene's family. Marlene's husband, Michael Warren, was quickly considered a suspect, but Michael was at an event at a racetrack with friends on the day of the shooting. But Marlene had actually recently confided in her parents that she was having marital difficulties and if something were to happen to her, it would likely have been Michael to have caused her harm. So that's a pretty big red flag. And also Marlene told people she suspected Michael was having an affair. So potential motives or motive. Um, the white Chrysler LeBaron was found four days later at a used car lot. The car lot was owned by Michael Warren. A, br- a brown Publix bag was on a back seat of the car, and it contained a clown wig with orange hair. As police investigated Michael, they learned that he was having an affair with a woman named she- Sheila Keene. Sheila worked for Michael, where she would repossess cars. So police started questioning Michael and Sheila, but they denied being in a relationship. They frequently went out to lunch and traveled together, but they said it was both for business. Sheila was also married at the time to a guy 24 years older than her, who apparently was also a member of the KKK. Odd detail. And apparently Sheila always wanted a glamorous life. And Michael was paying for an apartment that Sheila was living in, and he would frequently visit her. He visited her so often that neighbors thought that Sheila and Michael were actually married. Marlene had an idea this was happening under her nose. So this this speaks to a pretty strong motive for Michael wanting Marlene dead. But apparently he may have avoided the cost of divorce by killing her or having someone else kill her so he could gain all of their assets. Um, And by having another person kill his wife, he could still maintain a strong alibi by saying he was somewhere else. The investigators were able to find the store where the clown costume was purchased and spoke to the owners. They said a woman uh, who was 5'8 with long, dark brown hair went in to purchase the costume. She told them she needed the costume for that same day. And when they saw a photo of Sheila Keen, they were sure that this was the same woman. Even though everyone was sure Sheila and Michael were having an affair, they had no concrete proof. In the meantime, Michael was still being looked over by the police and they discovered he was actually running some sketchy business practices at his used car lot. He would tamper with the mileage on his cars to make them appear that they had lower miles than they really did. He was found guilty of racketeering, and he faced up to 200 years in prison, and it seems like this amount was because police like, really were certain he was involved in the murder, but didn't have enough evidence to prove that. So they just basically tried adding the years for the murder onto the racketeering charge. But a judge did not want to throw him in prison for that long for just racketeering. So he granted him 20 years of probation. But in the end, Michael ended up serving nine years in prison. 
The case was reopened recently, interestingly. So in 2000, Sheila divorced her husband. And this was 10 years after Marlene was killed by the clown. So she actually ended up marrying Michael at that point. The newly married couple moved to Abington, Virginia and opened or owned a restaurant in Kingston, uh, Tennessee called The Purple Cow. They were known by everyone as Debbie and Mike. Debbie changed her look and sported blonde hair. Everyone in their community was stunned when their past lives became public. Palm Beach County detectives officially reopened the case in 2014. Luckily, all of the evidence from the 90s were well preserved, and they were able to test um, some fibers found on the orange clown wig, which was found in the brown Publix bag in the car. And it was at that point they confirmed that Shayla's D- Sheila's DNA was a match. So on September 27th, 2017, Sheila was arrested and the prosecution was seeking the death penalty. Both Michael and Sheila have maintained their innocence throughout the trial. And it seems like the trial is still currently ongoing at this point now. So there are still some updates happening. Wow. With the killer clown. It's funny because when you were, it's not funny, but like when you were talking about the story and I was like, oh yeah, I do know of this. I remember hearing about this. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that they had any updates though or that the trial was still ongoing. Mm -hmm. But I do remember hearing like, unfortunately, the story about Marlene and how she was killed um, by the clown and everything. I mean, it's a pretty, like, the, just the name of it, the killer clown, it's one that would probably stick out in your mind. Yeah. Like, Oh, yeah. Also, Florida. Why is it always Florida? <laughs> and the fact that it's some super fancy area, too. I feel like that always, like, gives cases more attention when something like that happens. Because it's like, you would never think this would happen here. Like, that type of thing. Yeah, but it does. Yeah. Crazy things happen in, like, very wealthy areas just as much as anywhere else. They're mm. just sometimes, like, more, like, hush-hush about it. It's just crazy, though. Like, just the fact that she, like, I get the costume because it's a disguise. But 11 a.m., like, just walks out, gives her a present, shoots her in the face, leaves, and then just goes about her, like, life, life. for almost 30 years. Like, that's that's insane. That's, like, a psycho. Or yeah, somebody that's like able to compartmentalize their life in a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And then they eventually got married. Well, I knew that. After. I kind of saw that coming where I was like, mm. but then like my thing is like, did he know about it? Did he help orchestrate it? Or did she just do it on her own? It seems like they're mainly, she's the one, she was arrested because they got her DNA. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping more comes out because I get the feeling that he was involved too. Oh, yeah. Like, they would not be married now. Like, he knows stuff. I don't know if he's the one who orchestrated it. Yeah, that's the main mm-hmm. question. Like, because she for sure is the one who did it. Mm-hmm. But did she plan it and do everything on her own? Like, he, if, even if he knew something... Was he the one that planted it in her head and she went along with it? Because that kind of makes a difference, too. Mm -hmm. Was she the accessory or was she the one 
that fully did everything on her own. And he was just like, yeah. Or was it like a crime of passion thing? Like if I can't have him, like you can't either sort of, I don't know. Mm. Sometimes that happens. Cause like shoot, it takes a lot to shoot somebody in the head. Yeah. That's so messed up. Also, it's a cold day in hell when I open my door for a clown coming at me with a gift. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me just say that now. I know. Seriously. That would not be a thing now, I feel like. like nope. No. Nope. No. No. It's not happening. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, it's probably good some things have changed, changed. in time. <laughs> Yeah, it's like one thing if you invite your clown to like, you know, a kid's like birthday party and you're doing like tricks and whatever, balloon animals, but like randomly on a random Tuesday with the, you're the greatest or whatever. That's like, for me, that's like a very big, like, what the hell is happening? I know, it's just like the fact that she, or whoever orchestrated it, well, she for sure was the one that bought this stuff. Mm -hmm. So she's like, oh, these are the props I need or whatever. Like, what was her thinking? Like... (laughs) I don't, I don't understand. Know. I don't know. But yeah, so that's why I felt like I had to do this case because as I was listening to the video, I was just like, oh my God, this is real. Well, I hope that the woman goes to jail and the family can finally get closure after like 32 years. I know. So it seems like they did call out or like um, that the police department did a really good job with making sure the evidence wasn't tampered with or messed up or anything. And like they basically said they always knew it was Michael and I guess Sheila, but they just didn't have enough concrete proof at the time. Yeah. So. So it was circumstantial at that point. So, yeah, that's the story of the killer clown, the murder of Marlene Warren. Just sad. At least it kind of has a ending. Mm-hmm. Like they were caught and everything. It also makes you wonder too, like if DNA was even used in the nineties, because you would think that they would run DNA on the wig or on the car. Yeah, it sounds like it wasn't, because that no. was the only thing they needed. Yeah, they got the, the DNA. DNA. Yeah, because it was literally nineteen ninety at that point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so well, that's another like cool thing about how we're able to now use DNA mm-hmm. to go back and solve all of these cold cases. So that's mm-hmm. another good one, good reason for technology. Yeah, it's cool when that happens. So yeah, it seems like it's happening more and more now. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to another episode of Oi with the Terror. So you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Uh, we release new episodes every Thursday. You can email us a story idea or uh, if you have a funny topic at away with the terror away with the terror already at gmail.com. Follow us on social media. Uh, our current channels are still away with the terror already and away with the terror already podcast, Facebook and Instagram, but I will be updating those soon. And we will see you all next week. Happy spooky season, everybody. Mm, Stay safe. Avoid clowns. Bye. (laughs)